Welcome to the For Love and Money podcast, the show where business and social purpose meet to inspire a movement for positive change. Here's your host, Carolyn Butler-Madden. On the 9th of February 2009, our guest today lost most of what he owned in the Black Saturday bushfires. Grateful to be alive and overwhelmed by the support he received, David Laity decided to begin a wine business that gave back and so began Goodwill Wine, Australia's only certified social enterprise wine company. Now, since its inception, Goodwill Wine has donated close to half a million dollars to Australian charities by empowering its customers to choose which charity they want to receive half of their profits um, from the case of wine. In 2019, Goodwill Wine took on its first round of angel investment, allowing it to undergo a rebrand, extend its range of wine offerings and embark upon a substantial growth phase. Since then, the business has seen a 500% increase in the amount it has been able to donate to charity. In an intensely competitive market, David has managed to cut through all of the noise simply by embedding purpose into the very heart of his business's DNA. If you haven't come across Goodwill Wine yet, you will want to listen to this episode. There is everything to love about them. Their wines are fabulous, I know, I drink them, and they donate 50% of their profits to charity. Does that mean for every bottle you buy, the world gets a little bit better? Why, yes, if you put it like that, it most certainly does. David, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Uh, thank you for having me, Carolyn. Um, let's kick off with a question I ask all of my guests. When you think about purpose in business, what role do you think love has to play in it, if any at all? I think love does have a role to play in business. I think the role is entirely up to us to choose how much it plays. And I think if you can find something that you love to do, and if you then apply that to a business, then I think the rest just follows naturally. And I think those around you will feel it. And, uh, you know, while, while I'm still small, I certainly love what I do. And I know that that, that that's infectious. It, it uh, spills over, you know, from, from employees right through to customers. So I, I think love... I think love can play an enormous role in business. Thank you. Thanks, David. And, you know, I'm, um, I'm really keen to get into your story because, you know, when I, when I read about the story of Goodwill Wine and, and where it started, to me it exemplified totally that it was inspired by love. But, but I'm not going to get ahead of myself here. Um, can you please share what led you to starting Goodwill Wine. Well, I um, I lost uh, as 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 you you said in the intro there. I um, was affected by Black Saturday. Um, I was living in a little house between um, King Lake and Marysville, and just fortunately wasn't there when when the fires came through. Um, but ended up losing most of what I owned, and. I guess I was faced with, you know, what do you do? Um, a lot of people have since, you know, the summer bushfires and, and all the floods have all been in the same position. 
which is a really horrible position to be in. And I'd never reached out for help before. Um, and I was faced with really no other option but to reach out for help. And, and when I did, uh, the help was there. And it was really quite overwhelming. And it was, you know, there were organisations and, and the government helped. Um, but really, it was, it was all the people putting, putting tins into, you know, coins into tins around the country that, that, that uh, I feel changed my life. And, and, and so I was given $15,000 through the Red Cross bushfire appeal. And I was given the opportunity, I guess, to, to start again and instead of replacing you know everything that was lost of course you wouldn't replace everything that was lost with fifteen thousand dollars i decided to um try to do something to pay back that generosity and 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 help the charities that that helped me at that time and so the idea came to source some wines and build a website and i i, I knew some good vineyards in the arrow valley at the time and still do and uh, so i got my first little batches of wine and approached the charities that helped me and and just hoped that maybe you know there were enough ethical people out there perhaps who like their wine who who might want to come and join me on that journey and and so goodwill wine began um yeah the idea was to give back 50 percent of, of of my profit and yeah the businesses you know grown grow it grew very slowly at first but it's begun to take on a bit of a life of its own and and it's it's pretty exciting. And so this was um, this was after two thousand and nine. When when did you actually start the business? So I started in two thousand and ten. I got I got put through a um, uh, a program. Uh, so you kind of when when you go through a disaster, you get put on um, disaster benefits, I guess. Um, but I wanted to. I didn't want to sit on disaster benefits, and so. Uh, I, I applied for a, a course at the time. I'm not sure if, if it exists anymore. It's called the Seven East Program and, and uh, they take you through a business idea and give you six months of, of training to help, you, to help you grow it. So I removed myself from, from the disaster relief um, aid and began, began doing this uh, little course, which which. I guess prepared me for for starting a tiny little business, and so yeah, it started as a sole trader and uh, switched over to a company about two years ago, two and a half years ago, when when I took on that angel investment you talked about. Okay, I mean that's pretty extraordinary to go through what you went through with the bushfires, and then and then to come out of that and actually start a business in in an area do i do, am i understanding this correctly like you hadn't been in the wine business before had you no no i was a uh, i was a filmmaker in my so, so what made you get into wine i had an idea that uh i think was a pretty good idea it um it was um putting putting advertising onto onto pool balls putting beer advertising more specifically onto pool balls so so if you went into a pub you you kind of went up to the table and you played you know cooper's red or cooper's green or two is old two is new and 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 i figured that you know if someone if someone nicked that ball from the table and it sat on their desk then that would be good advertising forevermore for that beer good old aussie tradition right yeah that's it and so i kind of thought uh well what would that cost i searched around the world for for getting them made and you know they started off being 
you know, the quotes for about $250 and I eventually got them down to about $20. Um, and about two weeks before the fires, they turned up uh, the samples and they were beautiful. And, uh, and, and so they, they burn along with everything oh, else. Oh no. Oh, it is what it is. And uh, after, after the fires, I, I was just, just thinking about them and thinking, well, you know, I've, I've had all this help. Um, wouldn't it be great to, instead of making, you know, some, some huge corporation wealthy, uh, wouldn't it be great to try to help make charities wealthy and effectively the wine, which I was right into at the time, I still am, uh, it, it, are those pool balls. They the, the, were wine bottles rebranded on behalf of different charities. And, uh, you know, the, the, the labelling has moved, the branding has moved since then, but that was the original idea was you could buy a bottle of wine and, you know, instead of Cooper's Green, yeah, uh, it had Sea Shepherd on it. Um, yeah, so. Love it, love it. And I'm so glad it um, you did channel that idea into wine rather than pool balls because <laughs> um, I and many others, you know, get get the get the incredible pleasure of enjoying them. Um, and I'd like you tell tell us about the wine because this isn't just a story about a social enterprise that you know does good in the world and gives to charity, and that's a brilliant story, and I do want to get into it. But I just want to um, put this idea or take the idea off the table that just because you're doing good, it doesn't mean that your quality is not high. So can you tell us about the wines? Um, sure. So, so the original kind of idea of the business was to give something back, um, but I was really initially and still am driven to actually reward the supporters of good causes with decent quality wine. So, so um, the idea is that I tap into small runs, end of runs. Uh, there's all sorts of reasons why you might find a bottle that that is unlabeled and it's not that it's sitting in a 200,000 litre tank. It's a vineyard expected 2,000 cases from their, from their vintage and ended up with 2,060 cases. They only had 2,000 cases worth of labels and they won't go back to the printer for such a short run because it's just not cost effective. And, and so these little portions, little parcels of, of wines, which are exactly the same as the vineyard's wines with the vineyard's labels on, sit in sheds gathering dust. The vineyards aren't in the business of you know, selling their unlabeled wine, it uh, devalues their brand. And, and, and so I knew that a lot of these wines existed. And so I went out hunting for them. Um, there's other reasons. So, so, so that's primarily where the wines come from. So, so yesterday I just picked up 40 cases of a Merlot, a 2016 Merlot that would, had been sitting in a shed and it's just taken on these just beautiful secondary characteristics. And, um, gee, it's a nice wine. And so that, that, that vineyard was selling that wine for $28 a bottle. We'll, we'll get that wine on online for around about $17.50. And, uh, and so that pretty much is, is the philosophy is that we'll, we'll tap into these little, little parcels, parcels. They're way too small for the big online operators to be bothered with. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit more work, but 
that we put them up for offer. Sometimes it might be a vineyard that, that let's say, has a $50 Chardonnay um, and that particular vintage didn't work out exactly as they planned. Maybe they got late rain um, and, and so they feel like the wine isn't good enough to, to, to be a $50 wine, but they've established themselves as that premium kind of uh, offering. And so I'll go in and take that wine off their hands and it's not because it's a rubbish wine. It's not, you know, it's, it's a $25 wine, a $30 wine all day. It, it just isn't that premium $50. So, so we tap into those as well and I'll stick that wine online for $16. And again, you know, it's fulfilling that, that mission of rewarding you know, a supporter of a good cause with some, some decent drinkable wine. And, and that's really interesting, you know, that, that you've really pinpointed that you want to reward supporters of good causes. So I guess you're tapping into people's passion or love, if you like, mm-hmm. for, um, for, for the causes that they, they care about and you're inviting them to support them further by um, buying and enjoying your wine. That's that's the basic idea, yeah. That is that is the basic idea, and so it's 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 interesting as far as you know the customer love goes. We've we've got an extraordinary amount of love. Um, it's, again, that's really quite overwhelming, and and certainly in the earlier years, it was it was the messages that were coming back from customers that kept me going because you know at, at that time I was. I was rolling out a swag in a warehouse and sleeping with the wines for the first few years. Um, and it, uh, it, it's, it's twofold, the love that's coming in from the customers. There's, there's the love of wine, but, um, well, it's threefold even if you, if you want to break it down. It's the love of the wine. It's the love of the charity that they support. But interestingly, and we did surveys, we've done lots of customer surveys, um, the first and foremost love is the love for an ethical business Mm. and and you know i really didn't expect that to be the case i expected charity to be first and foremost um as as the main reason for purchasing and quality of wine to be the second and 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 supporting a social enterprise to be the third but it's the complete reverse of that and that's the feedback you've got anecdotally from your customers Correct. So, you know, that survey, surveying, you know, s- several hundred of our um, long-term customers through several different surveys that we've done, um, you know, two, 300 customers at a time. We're about to and, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, first of all, I've, I've seen the reviews um, of Goodwill Wine and they are glowing, absolutely glowing. I think you've got a, um, what, an average of five um, for customer yeah. satisfaction, yeah, 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 we 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 uh, we do. It's, it's it, that's fantastic. I think we've had a couple of bad reviews, but when I've looked into it, it's not been from a customer. It's been from someone who you know is very angry, perhaps that we're supporting. Well, in the one I'm thinking of, they're you know, very angry that we're supporting Animals Australia, uh, a terrorist organisation, or, or you know, they they you know some really kind of. Um, unhinged um yeah you're always going to get but you're always going to get that um and so yes uh even with those one or two kind of you know one star reviews which are nothing about the quality um it's just about the the cause we've supported uh yeah we're sitting 
sitting with an average of five star across, you know, I think both Google and 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 Facebook, you know, the two main. That's incredible. And and uh, I guess um, the point that it reveals for me is that you are, you are very clear, your business is very clear on who are your, what I call your people like us, you know, the kind of customers that you are attracting are people who actually, they want to support ethical businesses. They want to buy you know, products that support charities. Uh, they also want to enjoy good quality wine. But, but you know, when, when you talk about the couple of um, negative uh, reviews or, or, or comments you've had from people, clearly they're not your people, right? And when, when you have that clarity of who are your people, then you are going to have um, the antithesis of that as well. You will never be vanilla. Um, you will always appeal incredibly strongly to a certain segment and you'll also not appeal <laughs> incredibly strongly to others. Well, I think I think that's true. It um, we've got we've got a for for the wine industry, which doesn't have a lot of loyalty as far as customers go, we've got an, an extraordinary amount of loyalty and and return customers. And we only actually just recently set up a wine club where people can commit to ongoing purchases the last 10 years we haven't but we still have this you know customer return rate which is through the roof and 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 that is you know made up of those those people that you speak of they've they've bought into an idea um yeah tried the wine you know usually I'll, I'll call the first purchase a pity purchase they're buying for the charity and there is an expectation that if supporting charity there, there might well be something wrong with the quality but when that wine turns up, um, you know all those quality concerns are, are dispersed, and 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 yeah, people return. They get it. There's um, something that struck me as a Goodwill Wine customer um, is that you have a very strong um, customer experience, a really good customer experience. So you know you go onto the website, and it's very clear what you do, what you stand for. Um, and you you can see very clearly, you know, the charities that um, that that you support. And again, we will come back to that because I want to talk about that a little bit more. Um, but but the website is it's just it's light. It's um, it's got a really good vibe to it. It's a very positive light vibe, and it just invites you to sort of trawl through, go through, and and have a little look and then what I love is um, first of all you know you select the wines you want and you've got a number of different choices to help people make their decision and then you know when it comes to um, you know you've got it in your cart and then you get to choose the charity that you support which is wonderful you know often businesses have a charity that they support and there's a good reason that they do that but your business is offering choice so you know you've got that broad appeal which is awesome but then when you receive um when you receive the product it's just it's just beautiful first of all the labels and you know you first see this on the website and i i want you to um share with our listeners some of the messaging on the labels because it's just such a wonderful vibe and it it you know i loved it i loved it and i found actually 
that um, I all my Christmas gifts, all my client Christmas gifts, I bought Goodwill Wine because it felt very aligned with, you know, what we care about. Um, and the messaging on the labels is just so positive, uplifting, fun, and it was perfect. So as client, you know, as gifts for Christmas, I don't think you can go past Goodwill Wine. Mm-hmm. Um, and your handwritten notes as well. It just feels good. It's such a feel-good purchase. You know, you make your customers feel good about how they're spending the money. Did that all fall into place or, you know, how, how did that sort of come about, well, the I labels think, and...? Yeah, it's, it's been a work in, in progress, I think, as, as we've fine-tuned all the various aspects of the business. I was really lucky when I, 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 I you know, I've been writing the handwritten notes you know, for, for quite a few years, I, I clocked over 50,000 handwritten notes. Oh, my goodness. Year. Yeah. Um, but it's a really nice way to start the day. Um, so I'll, I'll just kind of go through the orders and, you know, I've started getting some help with the notes, which is great because it could take me a couple of hours a day to because I, I, I look right into who the customer is, have they purchased before, who have they supported before, what have they purchased before. Uh, you know, what have they purchased this time? You know, what can I tell them about this new wine that they're they're trying? And you know, what part of the world do they live in? And 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 what's happening up there right now? And so so I, I kind of give give every customer a a lot of thought. And um, you know, obviously during busier times, there's less thought you can give. So at Christmas, you know, there's limitations. But but things like that have been going on all along. Uh, the labels themselves have undergone three different um, changes, I guess, uh, rebrands. And and that's just been a logistics issue. I initially started, as I mentioned before, the the charities had their own label on each bottle. But if you can imagine buying mixed case and you're having to buy you know, print out each label individually uh, and then go and hand label those wines, um, it just it just became, you know, 20 orders would take me all night um printing and then yeah and so forth so so it just it just as the business grew uh it just became unsustainable so i moved to a um a second label which actually was a piece of artwork from reg Mombasa. um i don't know if you yeah. know reg Mombasa is but um very famous australian artist and a beautiful piece of artwork and 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 then that became a a a standard label, but then the charities all had their own sticker on the side. But again, as the quantities grew, even just getting those stickers onto the sides of the the bottles just became an extra an extra chore that was taking too long. So, so I took on the uh, angel investment and was really fortunate to be able to pick and choose the investors who came on board, and um, and so I chose people who could bring value to the business beyond. The money and and surround them you know, i surrounded myself with people who were smarter than me in so many different areas and and so you know one fellow called michael skybeck who's a creative director at ad in the ad world very successful and and so he he's invested in the business and he really drove that rebrand and and as far as the website goes kind of one of my, my other my right hand person um Loretta Ranieri, um, she she kind of came on board to handle all the charities, but gee, she's a she's a web wizard, and 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 so she completely built 
the new website up from scratch and and added so much of her own kind of flavor to it and she'd been with the business for two years by that stage and and so all these little things have just evolved um but keeping our mission at its heart you know, as you said in in the uh, your intro in our dna um and and i think that that's pretty evident as you say when you go to the website and even our newsletters we do once a week newsletters which have a, a phenomenal open rate and and then click through rate to the to the website and and everyone just feels so engaged and you know we talk about our impacts and and the the you know the difference we're making to the world and the new wines that are coming and and even sometimes i just use the the newsletters to to get something off my chest um but people people seem to listen and they seem to like it and you know i'll get i'll get pages of you know, 20 30 emails back from a from a newsletter from people who who've read it and have become engaged and then so had something to tell me about that um, which is just beautiful isn't that amazing and and that i mean that is personal like what you've built and you've clearly invested so much of your own time and thought into this but you you've built a, a business a personal business you know you take the the fact that you said you you not only do you do the handwritten notes but you you take the time to actually learn a little bit about your customer. I don't know how you can continue doing that as you scale, mm. but but that people really appreciate that kind of thing. They appreciate not feeling like just a number, mm. you know. I think. Look, I, I think so, and 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 time is going to become a problem. It already is, but it's something that I began when I was. I was kind of hiding after after the fires. I was hiding out in my little warehouse over in uh, an area called Coldstream, just at the entrance to the Arrow Valley. Uh, it was incredibly isolated, and and I think I was kind of going through a fair a fair whack of um, PTSD at the time. And 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 my customers were my only connection to the outside world. Um, really wow. they, they were and so and so whilst my notes my letters and things like that weren't really kind of a marketing mm. idea they were an opportunity for me to kind of touch base with another human being so so they all evolved from that and 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 that's why I'm I'm so reluctant to stop doing it yeah even though it's becoming unrealistic um but we'll see how we go. They, they, they just mean so much more to me than, than, than just a thank you. Clearly, that comes through incredibly clearly, David, and, you know, the fact that your newsletters, you know, that you, you said you, you sometimes you use them to get things off your chest. I mean, I, I feel like this is exactly the kind of business that so many people yearn for um the, the challenge is so many people aren't necessarily aware of it you shared with me before that um you know you you started a business that gave 50% of its profits to charities um but you didn't know that there was a name for that kind of business a social mm -hmm. enterprise um and that came some someone from was it social traders came to you do you want to share that story well, that's right. I got a call two years into it. I was still living in that warehouse, and and I always felt uncomfortable trying to 
categorize what it was I was doing. Um, and, you know, I knew I, I wasn't a charity. Um, I wasn't a not-for-profit. I wasn't an incorporated association. I guess I was a sole trader, but kind of, I, I wasn't really aware of anyone who was doing anything that, you know, gave so much of what they earned um, to charity. And and in those years, it was quite literally 100% of the profit. The 50% baked into our our um, cost of goods sold. So it's actually a dollar amount that is allocated. And 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 to that end, um, you know, the charities have always gotten paid first before I get paid. And of course, when you're running a little business and with overheads and so forth, you know, I was I was doing a second a second job to uh, actually raise um, get the money to um, pay the charities. Yeah, and then I got a call out of the blue from from social traders who are the, the the Australian certification body for social enterprises. And, and, you know, they asked me that question, what, what are you? Do you know what you are? And, and I was like, no, I don't. What am I? And they said, oh, you're a social, you're a social enterprise. I was like, well, well, <laughs> Welcome to our world. <laughs> and that was fantastic because as I said, at that time, you know, I really was hiding out in this warehouse and, and, um, and just throwing myself so much into the work and you know i wasn't even meant to be there it was um you, you know you, you weren't allowed to be living in your warehouse so so i just had a swag i rolled out and and i was always first to work and last to leave you know from all the other businesses in there because i actually never left and 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 you know i couldn't get caught <laughs> sleeping there mm. so so um just doing those extraordinary hours uh gave the business an incredible start so, so yeah, he called up and said, what, you know, you're, you're a social enterprise, come in and meet us. And I went and met them and I discovered I had this family and it's a really large family and they're really supportive. Um, there are so many of us. And when was that that you discovered that? Oh, gee, that would have been 2011, late okay, 2011. So, so you've been trading for, for a couple of years before. For two years, yeah. Would it be fair to say that, you know, your business was... Um, the genesis of your business was part of your recovery from absolutely. yeah absolutely and what um what comes through as well you know you talk on your website and you know as a social enterprise you donate 50% of your profits to charities but as you said the dollar amount is actually fixed so i i, I don't know um how you articulate your your purpose, but if your purpose is to support the supporters of charities, you put that first before you even looked after yourself. Absolutely, actually, yeah. Which you know isn't an easy way to start a business, but I, I think really um, very clearly shows that um, that you you were driven by the very purpose that you actually wanted to give back to those charities and support um, the people who supported them. It, yeah, it is still the, the, the main driver of this. Um, you know, I'm sure I could go off and get another job somewhere else and, and you know, earn three, four times as much as I do. Um, but, you know, as I guess the title of your your podcast, you know, it's, it's not all about money. You know, love's got to play a part in this as well. And, and, and usually it swings so far the other way, right? 
Um, but in your case, it it feels like it it's really been rooted and grounded in love. And I know you know at a social enterprise model, and and p- particularly your model with a fixed dollar amount um, means that as you're starting a business and growing it, usually the profits you make are reinvested into the business so you can start buying more equipment or, or whatever it is you need to do to fuel the growth of the business. Um, but you've kind of had your hands tied behind your back um, to, you know, you've tied your own hands behind your back to, to give to those charities. Enjoying the podcast? If you're looking for more inspiration, head to our website, thecauseeffect.com.au for more resources on how you can start using your business as a force for good. Or buy the For Love and Money book. Every copy sold allows us to protect one square metre of rainforest. Help us save 10,000 square metres by 2025. So I'd love to... I have no doubt that would have its challenges as you're growing the business. I'd love our listeners to understand what do you then rely on? You know, is it is it the the, the support of your customers back to spread the word? Yeah, it, uh, initially that's what it was. This this business has grown almost entirely on word of mouth. Mm. Um, there's been very little advertising done. Uh, you know, we're fortunate that we support nearly 300 charities and so you know occasionally those charities will do a little shout out to their supporters and 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 let them know that this is an option if you know if you're going to buy wine you know people buy wine um you may as well buy wine that supports you know the cause you love so yeah it it it, you know it's interesting I, i i have tied my hands behind my back and 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 I've, I've just had faith. Faith has kind of driven me for the last 12 years. And I've believed that the business would grow and the business has grown. And it's an economy, it's a scale thing. Eventually, you're making enough money through profit that, that you know, giving half of, half of it away doesn't hurt. So last year, we, we hit 56% of the profit, went to charity. Yep. which is nicest we've got to 50%. And uh, and it won't be long now before it actually hits 50%. And after that, we then start increasing the donation amount we make to charity. So we'll always be sitting at that 50%. But the yep. business is growing and, and it's kind of reached, it's reached a sustainable point. And, you know, it's been twice as hard as most other businesses, I'd imagine, because you are as you... As you said, you're giving away all those marketing dollars, all those, you know, if you need to repair a forklift or, or yep. you know, whatever it is you need to do, that 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 soaks up money that you've given to a charity. Mm. And you know what? I mean, you've you've gone down this road of social enterprise um, ahead of the market. So I, I know there are other social enterprises who who started years ago as well, but when when you look at how the market is responding and by by that i mean consumers supporting um, brands with purpose or brands who you know social enterprise brands employees investors um i was just looking at um the most recent edelman trust barometer from 2022 and are you familiar with edelman no. 
No. So no. they've been they've been tracking trust in major institutions for twenty years at least um, across the world, including in Australia, and um, and I've just got the figures up here. All stakeholders now hold business accountable. So in Australia, fifty six percent of people either buy or advocate for brands based on their beliefs and values. Um, 57% choose a place to work based on the same thing and 64% invest based on their beliefs and values. So, you know, you've, you've been in this area, you know, you, you've been um, building a social enterprise business since 2009, but right here we are in 2022 and the market has shifted where customers, employees and investors are now looking to invest their money, their time and their investment dollars in businesses like yours. Um, so, you know, you've laid the groundwork and um, it sounds like mm -hmm. things are already looking up, but I hope to see you go from strength to strength because I think what you're doing, what you're doing and what you have done, David, is extraordinary. No, oh, thank you. I think those stats are pretty extraordinary. Um, and, and I think there is a shift. I think people are losing faith in governments to make change, particularly when you look at the business communities and, and what they're trying to do. It's, it's almost like they're trying to drag the governments along with them. Um, and, you know, if the business communities uh, are doing that, then that's clearly being driven by customers. Is being driven by shareholders and so yeah it's an exciting time i think there's still a little way to go but um you know it feels like it almost feels like we're we're just starting with good wine and and yeah. you know we're fortunate that we've got an, a nice healthy track record to to hit the ground running yeah and, you know certainly i'm looking forward to to the future and 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 yeah watching watching people become more ethical because it's pretty easy. If you're going to buy something, you may as well, you know, buy something that's going to help the world, not just yourself. Absolutely. And so, so let's get into. You said you've you've got 300 or over 300 charities that, mm -hmm. that you support. I'm not going to ask you to list them all, but <laughs> can you give us a flavour of some of um, some of your most supported charities? Actually, do you, do you know which are the top charities? Well, yeah, we do on on the website. If you go into the charities, you can see the ones that have basically received, you know, the most most money from us. I think we've got the top the top ten um, there, and and you know that's it's, it's a curious breakdown of charities there because there whilst there are the you know the usual suspects, the big charities, the ones that have kind of very large impacts and very large followings. There's also, you know, some some you know little charities in amongst them. So so we've got That's a, good to hear. That's good to hear that it's a mix. It's well it's great, isn't it? And and that's been driven by their supporters. So so whilst, you know, we've got Animals Australia who've 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 you know been the the biggest recipient of of the the money we've donated. And I think we're we're getting close to sixty thousand dollars, and and that's equated to to um, six international animal cruelty investigations that we've funded, which yep. is 
incredibly exciting for us. Um, and then the sheep, Sea Shepherd, uh, you know, for for a while there, we we were selling selling a lot of wine for Sea Shepherd while they were in the the Southern Ocean, and uh, and you know, we ended up finding out that we'd we donated enough money over over a year there that that we'd actually paid for enough fuel for the the uh, the sea, the Steve Irwin to sit in the slipway of the the Nishin Maru, the big Japanese whale. Yep. And, and the whole purpose of sitting in the slipway is to stop the fleet from unloading. And in stopping the fleet from unloading, they can't go out and catch more whales. And, and so for three days, we stopped the, the fleet from un, unloading and Sea Shepherd told us that we'd, we'd um, have saved 12 whales. And that was, that was amazing. amazing. Um, uh, and then there's organisations like the Orangutan Project where we've, we've helped them... Um, rescue and, and rehabilitate 50 orangutans uh, and and the Beautiful. little yeah I'm, I'm, I think that's a that's a really nice one and um, yeah there's the Australian Marine Conservation Society we support um, we uh, help them push for a plastic bag ban in Queensland uh, with the money that we donated which is really exciting uh, and then little little organizations like Airnet Rescue, who who rescue um, air dial terriers, and and they've been us, with us for a while, and we've raised I think six thousand dollars for them, and that's you know allowed them to to because it's quite expensive to actually rescue and then rehome a, a, a dog, um, but that's that certainly helped them do their work. Gee, uh, the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre, we've we've provided enough money to um, give hot meals to or forty five thousand hot meals. To people seeking asylum in Australia, uh, yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, they're an organisation close to my heart. So, so yeah, as you say, there's 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 hundreds, and uh, and you know we could do this for for the next three hours. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but the point I'd like to make there is you don't just donate money; you actually look at at what impact that money goes to create. So it's 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 very tangible. Yeah, I think it needs to be. At first, when I first began, I, I kind of thought, well, who am I to not so much dictate but ask a charity, you know, what did you do with the money? You know, as far as I was concerned, you know, if they if they wanted to use that money to do a Christmas party for their volunteers, then then so be it. That That's mm. kind of that's up to them. Uh, but I know people have become, you know, a lot more suspicious of, of, of charities over the years and, I think the Sea Shepherd one was the one that actually made me sit up and go, "Wow, kind of there are some really tangible results." And and I think really, and and this does come a little bit down to marketing. Um, in at the end of the day, is people would like to see a tangible result for for you know the profit from the the case that they purchased. And you know we've been around long enough to actually have tangible results now, which is great. Yeah, and and many of them, and I encourage um, listeners to to go to the website and have a look because you'll be there for a little while. <laughs> um, um, what are you most proud of when it comes to Goodwill Wine? Oh, gee, um, I think um, I'm really proud of the the journey, the sacrifices I made to get it to this point. I think you know I I, I dug pretty deep and. You know, I was proud. I am proud that, you know, I've managed to build it into something. Uh, you know, it's taken a long time. I'm proud of 
the people I've been able to surround myself with. They're just such good quality people and and it's just a privilege to to kind of have them in my life and have them in Goodwill Wines life. And and that goes for the customers as well. And I'm really proud that I'm going to leave a legacy of some sort. Mm. You know, um, that's that's something that I know my daughter, and she's only nine, she's just turned nine, but she's really interested in in what I'm doing. And whilst, you know, she she wants to be a you know, an astronaut, movie star, ballerina, vet. Um, depending on the day of the week. Depending on the, all at the same time, I think. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and, and so, you know, this business may not be for her, but I, I, I think I've instilled in her, um, you know, along with other people who've instilled it, I'm sure, uh, a really strong sense of kindness in her and um i think that's gonna bode well for her as she gets older and and if you know at the end of the day if if you know goodwill wine's still going even if she's not working in it um i think there's going to be something you know just the fact that dad you know dad started this thing um and and so yeah, the legacy I think is is something I'm proud of. I I think you should be incredibly proud of that. Um, someone very wise told me they were talking about legacy, and they they reframed it in my mind um, when they said everybody leaves a legacy. You get to choose what your legacy is. Mm. You know, but but be very clear about that. Every single one of us leaves a legacy, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, the fact is that you've decided to show up and throw yourself into, um, you know, a, a labour of love, essentially. Um, there's a quote that I found, and I, I put it at the beginning of my book, For Love and Money. Um, it's from Nelson Mandela, and he says, a winner is a dreamer who never gives up. And I love that quote because to me it, 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 you know, it redefines this whole idea of success being about money and material stuff um, to someone who, you know, dreams big. And, and when you don't give up on your dreams, it's because they matter, right? Yeah. So um, that, that to me is completely intertwined with this idea of legacy. I'd, I'd love to get your advice um, or I'd love you to share with our listeners your advice um, with business leaders who either you know uh, they've got their own business or they work within a business and they're they're thinking about their role um, as influencers in society as you know um, having a responsibility to use their business as a vehicle for good but they're not actually doing anything yet they're, they're thinking about it mm -hmm. from your own experience um, and what you have learned and gained out of this experience. What would your advice to them be? Well, firstly, I think someone who might be in that position, I, I'm just, I'm so envious of them, mm -hmm. of, of 
being able to reverse engineer what I've done and to be able to begin building impact into an already successful business and to be able to, to, to control that, to be able to lean into impact and, and be able to not hurt the business or at least be able to embed impact into your business and, and, and draw the line where you want to stop, where it's still healthy business, but you're still doing this wonderful impact. I think, um, you know, that would be so wonderful to be able to, to do that. And, and, and sometimes I wonder whether or not that, in fact, should have been the path that I took. And if, in fact, I may have been able to create more impact than I have um, if I had have just built a wine business and and then reverse engineered the the impact into it i think um you know so that you'd start with a a theory of change um mm-hmm. and that might take you know a day of some solid work to to work out what it is that you really want to you know what purpose it is that you want to achieve and you know i think the engagement that you could create both through your employees and then your customers would completely blow you away. I, I, I think that, you know, just a for-profit business may not understand the engagement that, that building impact and purpose into your business can create. So, so it would be so exciting to be a profitable business looking to, to enter this space uh, and so powerful for them. Um, and then there is so much help out there now. There's become, you know, there's people who have become experts in this um not dissimilar to yourself who can offer the the advice that a business needs in order to safely enter you know the impact for profit for purpose world yeah i, I just embrace it run with it do it. it 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 will be a it will be the best thing that uh, your business has ever done brilliant wise wise words thank you david and I, I feel like, you know, you, you are clearly a pioneer in, in this area of business and um, being a pioneer has its challenges, right? Mm. But you, Goodwill Wine is Australia's only certified social enterprise wine company and um, that foundation has such strong credibility um, that... Um, Yes, as, as tough as um, it may have been or as many challenges as you may have faced since starting the business back in 2009, I suspect that um, it's going to hold you in good stead over the next few years as you navigate your way forward. So thank you for actually um, starting and providing a, um, a beacon for others to follow. I'd, I'd like to end with a final question. Mm-hmm. We're recording this interview in 2022. Um, mm-hmm. We've got eight years, less than eight years till 2030, which is the target date for the UN Global Goals. Um, there's no doubt that businesses need to be an active part of the solution. There is no doubt that um, expectation from consumers, employees and investors is upon business to be a part of that solution. But there are still some business leaders who are still unsure about how far to lean in to social purpose. You know, they're still thinking of it 
it's corporate social responsibility or giving back on the side when when we can afford it if you could share one thing to convince them of how vital social purpose is today what would it be oh gee there's a lot of things i think you know clearly we're all in a lot of trouble here on this planet i really i really believe that and i believe businesses starting to embrace that as well and that's why things like esg have become you know, so huge for a lot of very large businesses. If you don't embrace it, you're going to get left behind. The public's demanding it, but it's actually, it's good for business. And, and by building that purpose into your business, it becomes, it becomes addictive. It, it, it becomes one of the things that really drives you on, not just the pursuit, the relentless pursuit of profit, but the relentless pursuit of purpose. And uh, it becomes like an endorphin hit, like a drug, and, and, and it affects everyone. Everyone in that business's orbit will be getting a little hit of that endorphin. And it's the only way forward, I think, and, and businesses will suffer if they don't start embracing it. And, you know, the, we're not near the top of the curve yet, but we're halfway up. So just don't be too late. Brilliant. David, thank you so much um, for your time, um, for your efforts in starting Goodwill Wine and getting it to where it is today. Um, to our listeners, I urge you to make the next thing you do to go on to Goodwill Wine's website, um, goodwillwine.com.au, is that correct? That's correct, yeah. Do yourself a favour, go check it out now, get your order in and choose your charity and then share it with someone you know who would also um, enjoy it. So um, thank you so much, David, for joining us. Um, How should people get in touch with you if they would like to learn more? Well, I think um, on on the website we've got... um, contact details and and as always um i i find myself talking to people almost daily now who are looking to enter the social enterprise space or try to embed some sort of purpose into their business and you know such a generous community that not just myself but by all means you can contact me and i would love to chat with you about what ideas you have and and offer any absolutely any sort of assistance um, that I can in you know, helping you with your journey. But yeah, on the website, you can, you can contact us. Brilliant. Thank you. And that's very generous of you. And one thing we did forget to mention in this interview is your wines are vegan friendly, aren't they? Well, yeah, they are. So, so um, basically most wine in Australia is, is animal friendly. It's, it's just, the finding that people use in wines um you know in the old days they might have used blood now you know they might use egg whites or or fish um milk but similarly you can use filters you can use clay there's there's all sorts of ways to get the sediment out of wine and and probably 70 percent of wine don't use animal products and so technically you know it's a vegan it's a vegan product so yeah all out, all okay, out. brilliant. Just thought I'd squeeze that one in. I, I, <laughs> I realised we'd forgotten to touch on it. Thank you, David. Really appreciate you coming um, on the show. Thank you so much. It was such a 
it's such a pleasure to be here. I appreciate your time too. Thanks for listening to this episode of the For Love and Money podcast. If you'd like to take a deeper dive into the purpose movement, visit us at thecauseeffect.com.au. And remember, doing good is good for business. So if you're not doing good, then what are you doing?